Discussions not to be sought. Footnote from a personal testimony. End of footnote. Young preachers should avoid discussions, for these do not increase spirituality or humbleness of mind. In some cases, it may be necessary to meet a proud boaster against the truth of God in open debate. But generally, these discussions, either oral or written, result in more harm than good. After a discussion, the greater responsibility rests upon the minister to keep up the interest. He should beware of the reaction which is liable to take place after religious excitement and not yield to discouragement. Generally, the influence of discussions upon our ministers is to make themselves sufficient, exalted in their own estimation. This is not all. Those who love to debate are unfitted for being pastors to the flock. They have trained their minds to meet opponents and to say sarcastic things, and they cannot come down to meet hearts that are sorrowing and that need to be comforted. In the presentation of unpopular truth, which involves a heavy cross, preachers should be careful that every word is as God would have it. Their words should never cut. They should present the truth in humility, with the deepest love for souls, and an earnest desire for their salvation, and let the truth cut. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 3, pages 213 to 218. Discussions cannot always be avoided. People who love to see opponents combat may clamor for discussion. Others, who have a desire to hear the evidences on both sides, may urge discussion in all honesty of motive. But whenever discussions can be avoided, they should be. They generally strengthen combativeness and weaken that pure love and sacred sympathy which should ever exist in the hearts of Christians, although they may differ in opinion. In this age of the world, a demand for a discussion is not real evidence of earnest desire on the part of the people to investigate the truth, but comes through the love of novelty and the excitement which generally attends discussions. God is seldom glorified, or the truth advanced in these combats. Truth is too solemn, too momentous in its results, to make it a small matter whether it is received or rejected. To discuss truth for the sake of showing opponents the skill of the combatants is ever poor policy, for it does very little to advance the truth. Opponents of the truth will show skill in misstating the positions of its defenders. They will generally deride sacred truth and place it in so false a light before the people that minds that are darkened by error and polluted by sin do not discern the motives and objects of these designing men in thus covering up and falsifying important truth. Because of the men who engage in them, there are few discussions that it is possible to con conduct upon right principles. Sharp thrusts are too frequently given. Personalities are indulged in, and often both parties descend to sarcasm and witticism. The love of souls is lost in the greater desire for the mastery. Prejudice, deep and bitter, is often the result. Many choose darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. But there are those who, if the truth had been presented in a different manner, under different circumstances, giving them a fair chance to weigh the arguments for themselves and to compare Scripture with Scripture, would have been charmed by its clearness and would have taken hold of it. It has been very indiscreet for our ministers to publish to the world the wily sophistry of error, furnished by designing men to cover up and make of no effect the solemn, sacred truth of Jehovah.
These crafty men who lie in wait to deceive the unwary give their strength of intellect to perverting the word of God. The inexperienced and unsuspecting are deceived to their ruin. It has been a great error to publish to all the arguments wherewith opponents battle against the truth of God, for in so doing, minds of every class are furnished with arguments which many of them had never thought of. Someone must render an account for this unwise generalship. Arguments against the sacred truth, subtle in their influence, affect minds that are not well informed in regard to the strength of the truth. The moral sensibilities of the community at large are blunted by familiarity with sin, selfishness, dishonesty, and the varied sins which prevail in this degenerate age have blunted the senses to eternal things, so that God's truth is not discerned. In giving publicity to the erroneous arguments of our opponents, truth and error are placed upon a level in the minds of the people when, if they could have the truth before them in its clearness long enough to see and realize its sacredness and importance, they would be convinced of the strong arguments in its favor, and would then be prepared to meet the arguments urged by opposers. Those who are seeking to know the truth and to understand the will of God, who are faithful to the light and zealous in the performance of their daily duties, will surely know of the doctrine, for they will be guided into all truth. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 3, pages 424-427. Whenever it is necessary for the advancement of the cause of truth and the glory of God that an opponent be met, now carefully, and with what humility should they, the advocates of the truth, go into the conflict. With heart searching, confession of sin, and earnest prayer, and often fasting for a time, they should entreat that God would especially help them and give his saving, precious truth a glorious victory that error might appear in its true deformity and its advocates be completely discomfited. Never should you enter upon a discussion where so much is at stake, relying upon your aptness to handle strong arguments. If it cannot be well avoided, enter the conflict, but enter upon it with firm trust in God and in the spirit of humility in the spirit of Jesus, who has bidden you to learn of him who is meek and lowly in heart. I.D., Volume 1, pages 624 to 626.